What's up, everybody? It's Coulter Nuanez from your favorite daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now, which airs live each weekday between 4 and 6 p.m. on 102.9 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide television, SWX Montana TV, and worldwide on the ESPN MT app. And of course, as you're listening right now, you can always find Nuanas Now archived as well on the Nuanas Now podcast. If you haven't checked out the M Store in downtown Missoula, you need to. At the M Store, they're all Grizz all the time. They have some of the best, but more importantly, most unique selection of Grizz gear you're going to find anywhere. They got stuff that nobody else in town, nobody else in the state of Montana has available. And right now, the M Store has a whole bunch of great deals going on. April specials include huge percentage discounts on all headwear, sweatshirts, and jackets. They also are now an authorized Apple service provider. They offer computer repair. They got MacBooks, iPads, and a whole bunch of great Apple products in store there as well. Go check out the M Store, located at the corner of Higgins and Broadway in downtown Missoula, Montana. It's a great new location, a ton of merchandise, all April long at the M Store. Polos, headwear, sweatshirts, jackets. Go check out all their maroon and silver. The M Store, where they're all grizz all the time. ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I've always wondered that line right there. A Vegemite sandwich? What is a Vegemite sandwich? Is that what they even say? I don't even I don't even know. It sounds something like Australian. Do you know what a Vegemite sandwich is? Do you know what Vegemite is? Is that a thing? I don't know. I don't. Is this is this a thing? What is Vegemite? This sounds like something Ryan Tutel would eat. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, maybe. Actually, that's a good call. Yeah, Vegemite's this disgusting, like, it's like a paste Okay. that they eat in Australia. Yeah. I don't really know how to describe it because I tried it one time when I was in like sixth grade and I've never ever wanted to try it again. It's it's vile stuff, but they love it down there. <laughs> a thick brown shiny paste that is made from brewer's yeast. What's left at the bottom of the barrel when beer is made. The spread has a rich umami flavor. Umami. Umami flavor. Uh, wow. Okay. Well, you learn something new every day. The, uh, the Australians love this, apparently. Great. Slather it on, you know, everything, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, Vegemites. Uh, Colin Hay has some strange uh, connection to Missoula. I can't remember what. All I know is that they play it on the trail all the time. I digress. Men at work, covered by Pennywise. That's the type of day we're having. Hope you're having a great day. Thanks so much for hanging out with us here uh, on Nuanas Now. Missed anything in the first hour of the show. Oh, my mother says it's a uh, pre-boomer supplement. Uh, I also saw it's rich in vitamin D. She said it's not very good. Okay. Thanks, Bob. <laughs> I'm also getting texts from my other friend who's sending me pictures of him on an airplane sitting next to JaVale McGee. This is hilarious. Washington Wizards legend. <laughs> JaVale McGee is a legend because he has no discernible basketball skill besides being seven feet tall, and he's been in the league forever in a variety of different ways and a variety of different roles, and I just love him. I mean, seven feet tall can jump long arms. That will get you a lot of jobs in the NBA. I mean, DeAndre Jordan's still right. in the NBA, you know? It's like the crazy stat from uh, the um, the book The Sports Gene. Something like... You have like a 15% chance of being in the NBA if you're over seven feet tall. Of course, there's, you know, 
such a limited number of seven-foot-tall people in the world. So it, it makes sense. The sample size is skewed from both ends, both how hard it is to get to the NBA, but also how rare it is to be over seven feet. But I, just, I always thought that was a, a hilarious statistic. Yeah, let's give JaVale McGee some props here. Three-time NBA champion. Hey, there you go. Olympic gold medalist. Okay. Uh, I think he won a slam dunk title. Uh, yeah. And all-time leader in appearances on Shaq and a Fool. <laughs> JaVale McGee. Gotta love it. If you're listening in the first hour of the show, we're going to have a continuation of a conversation we started in the first hour, comparing and contrasting position groups for Montana and Montana State football. Uh, where we left off, I think we had... Uh, I think we're at a dead tie. I think we only had one-to-one. I think that I gave the Cats the edge in running backs, the Grizz the edge in receivers. We said TBD on quarterbacks, and we said a push for the tight end. So we'll keep doing that here in hour number two. We also had a great interview with Jaden Green, who is a um, outstanding hurdler at the University of Montana, uh, just set the school record in the 110 hurdles this last weekend. We also had our Treasure State Stars featuring some of the best individual performances from across the uh, state of Montana. All of it on the Nuanas Now podcast, probably presented by Blackfoot Communications, the M Store, where they're all grizz all the time, and the Montana State Bookstore, your best place to get your blue and gold on game day or any other day. Thanks to those fine sponsors, your Nuanas Now podcast available on all your various podcast hosting platforms. We're going to play some NFL uh, smarter dumb <laughs> here in a little bit. But I want to finish up this conversation about the position groups for Montana and Montana State. So here's the, here's the gauge here, basically. We're analyzing the position groups based on how they fit for what each respective team wants to do. It's not necessarily who's better than who, although some of it is who's better than who. So we'll just keep on doing it, and you'll, you'll understand the exercise. Offensive line, I think the edge is uh, absolutely goes to Montana State. I think when you talk about why the Cats have won five out of the last six rivalry games against the Grizzlies and why the Cats are working on a streak of three straight Final Four appearances in the FCS playoffs, there's one overwhelming factor as to why that has happened, and I think it's been the play in the trenches and particularly the superiority of Montana State's offensive line, not only to the Grizzlies, but to most, if not all, the teams in the Big Sky Conference. I do think the Grizz are going to be, at the worst, better, and at the best, a lot better on the offensive line this year. I do think having a variety of returners back helps. I think having A.J. Forbes as a a senior center helps. Chris Walker as a seventh-year offensive tackle helps. Brandon Casey, not in his first year as a starter, but now he's a junior. That helps. Hunter McGinnis, Back as a fifth-year senior who's a first-team all-conference guy, all of it helps. I think the Grizz have a chance to be one of the better or even one of the best offensive lines in the league. But to be nationally elite like Montana wants to be, to truly RTD, as they always say, you have to have one of the best offensive lines in the nation. That's where the Cats have been the last couple years. And so I give the, the Cats the edge while praising how much better I think the Grizz offensive line could and should be this year. I think the Cats have the edge for two different reasons. One, I think the Cats are way deeper on the offensive line. All those guys I just named for the Grizz, good players. And and I think McGinnis and and maybe Casey 
could be great. I think Forbes could be great as well. I think they all have all-conference potential. But who's up next after those guys? You know, is Journey Grimsrud ready to be a, a bona fide Big Sky player, if not an all-conference player? Uh, to be determined, for sure. And who's the next line for, for Montana? For the Cats, Rush Reimer's an All-American. I think JT Reed has All-American potential. Justice Perkins was an All-Conference center last year. Cole Sane was an All-Conference guard last year. And Marcus Ware was on his way to being an All-Conference tackle before he got hurt. Ware getting hurt, though, also gave elevated reps to guys like Titan Fleischman and Jacob Kettles. And, and then they have the emergence of Connor Moore, who we talked about on Monday quite a bit, the redshirt freshman left tackle from Ohio, who's then allowed them to work a lot of the other guys into different positions. So if any of those guys I just named went down, you could pick from most of the other guys I just named to fill in. The Cats have been playing J.T. Reed at center. They've been playing Cole Sane at center. So now you got three guys that are all good centers. That also cultivates competition at guard. Rush Reimer's been working in at guard, so he can push J.T. Reed and Cole Sane. You have multiple guys who are competing for that right tackle spot with Titan Fleischman and Marcus Weir and uh, Jacob Kettles. And then you got this upstart redshirt freshman that's pushing the way as well. So I think the Cats get the nod both because of the proliferation of talent and the depth. It, it makes me wonder, though, because when you look at the actual pedigree of these guys, Rush Reimer was, was a good recruit coming out of Camas, Washington. Brandon Casey, though, was a better recruit coming out of Sandpoint, Idaho. Casey had Pac-12 interest. Reimer had fringe Pac-12 interest, but more like Mountain West interest. Both good players. They were really good, talented guys coming out of high school. Why has Reimer been an All-American and Casey hasn't. Well, part of it's because of the statistical production of MSU's offense. It's going to prop up offensive linemen quite a bit because they run the ball a bunch. As Andrew said during a break yesterday, having Tommy Mulata as your quarterback also helps you, helps you look pretty good as an offensive lineman because you're not giving up a lot of sacks. He's going to be able to elude a lot of pass rushers. And you're also going to rush for a million yards because of the plus-run run game. So it might actually be closer now that I'm just hashing it out with myself might actually be a little bit closer than you think, but still, it's undeniable. I mean, the Cats rushed for 312 yards per game last year. They were certainly one of the best offensive line units in the country, and they have all those guys back, all of them a year older, and they have guys now playing multiple different positions, so they just have a lot of flexibility there. I do think the Grizz has some guys that could be some of the best in the league, and there's no doubt that Hunter McGinnis is one of the best in the league. Can some of those other guys for the Grizz become some of the best in the league? That's that's one of the points where Montana State has an edge. So edge cats. We'll give you the total docket here after a little while. On the defensive line, I actually think that the Grizz have done a good job shoring up their interior defensive line, and part of that is just because Alex Gubner is such a stud. Where do they get relief from Gubner, though? Eli Alford was one of the unsung heroes of the Grizz defense the last couple years. Is Jared Ramos... Ready to step up? Is he ready to be that that second guy that they need at that interior position in this 3-3-5 defense for the Grizz? We'll see. I do think, though, the two best interior defensive linemen play in the state of Montana. Alex Governor for the Grizz, Sebastian Valdez for the Montana State. So the interior of the defensive line, I'd say, is a push, although I do think Blake Schmidt, the other defensive tackle in Montana State's 4-2-5 defense, is a lot farther ahead 
than Jared Ramos only because Schmidt is a junior and Ramos is a redshirt freshman. But we're going to say draw on the interior defensive line, but I'm giving the slight edge to the Cats on the defensive line overall because I just think that that Brody Greeby and Ben Seymour and Kenneth Iden and David Alston, those guys at end, are more, more proven and more productive than Cale Edwards, Henry Noose, Garrett Holstead, and Hayden Harris. Again, I do think this is a place where the Grizz have been trying to gain momentum. I do think the Grizz are closer to the Cats on the D-line than they were a couple years ago. Granted, a couple years ago, the Cats had a guy that got drafted in Daniel Hardy who led the country in sacks. But um, I, I do think the, the Cats have a slight edge on the fronts. But that's you already knew I was going to say that. That is the thing that has been the edge for Montana State against Montana and against the rest of the league over the last handful of years. Nuanas Now ESPN Radio, comparing and contrasting position groups coming out of spring ball for both Montana and Montana State. Let's go to the linebackers. I got the edge going to the Grizz. I think that Braxton Hill, Levi Janicaro, Tyler Flink, Carson Rostad, Ryan Tyrrell, the list goes on. I think the Grizz have a whole bunch of guys that are, are pretty good, that could be really good, and they have a whole bunch of them. The Cats have a couple guys that could be really good, but they also have some question marks. Nolan Askelson's coming off of a torn knee. Uh, he's got a lot of pressure on him wearing that legacy jersey number 41 for the Cats. He's, he's a good player, and he's been good when he's been healthy. Can he stay healthy? Danny Ululiakepa, really talented guy, kid that comes from the Seattle area, was the, the uh, you know, in Puyallup, he was the, his league's player of the year in high school, so a highly recruited guy, three-star recruit. He's a little undersized. Uh, I thought he had some issues in terms of his discipline last year. He, he runs hard to the ball for sure. He's a tackling machine, but he was out of position, had a hard time getting lined up at times last year, and now he doesn't have Callahan O'Reilly to lean upon. So can you, Lulia Capa, take the next step? And then McCade O'Reilly, Callahan O'Reilly's, O'Reilly's little brother, great player in high school. Uh, he's just unproven. So Braxton Hill's played at a high level in games. Levi Janicaro was an all-big sky guy last year in his breakout season. And Tyler Flink, <laughs> we, we call... Janet Caro and Flink, the Bash brothers. I just think that it's awesome that he's got a couple walk-ons from Missoula Big Sky that have become bona fide, real-deal linebackers in the Big Sky. And they have. I think the experience and the depth of the Grizz give the Grizz the, uh, the edge at linebacker. I think that all of the guys in this competition, so to speak, have the opportunity and have the ability to be good to very good Big Sky Conference players. But I think as of right now, the tried and true, the proven guys are the linebackers for the Grizz. No one is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. All right, a couple more position groups to get through. Comparing and contrasting Montana and Montana State football are impressions from the spring. Safeties. The Grizz lose Robbie Houck, all-time leading tackler in the history of the Big Sky Conference, but they return Garrett Graves, who's been a, a very good player on the back end. They also return Trajan Cotton, who's been good when he's healthy. They also return Nash Fouch, who's been good when he's healthy. So those guys... And, and by the way, Cotton's going to be more primarily like that nickel guy. Graves is going to be like the true strong safety. And then Fouch is going to be sometimes a nickel, sometimes more like the rover. And they're going to play three safeties still. They also have Ronald Jackson from Akron, who I think he's trying to work in at, at all three spots, but he'll probably primarily be 
those middle two safeties, not necessarily like that nickel rover type guy on the outside. The Cats, I think their biggest question mark is at safety. Ryan Orts, a guy that's been talked about internally and has gotten some hype. He went through all his off-the-field stuff uh, with the failed drug tests and, and then the, the botched reinstatement. But he's back. He was good last year when he came back after shaking off the rust. But the other spot for the Cats at safety is a spot they got to shore up. Uh, they've had some really good players on the back end the last couple of years. And I, I think this is the overall secondary in general. Is one of the big question marks for the Cats. So because we know Graves can play, we know Fouch can play, Trejan Cotton, when he's healthy, can play, and they're high on Ronald Jackson, the transfer they brought in from Akron, I'm giving the edge to the Grizz when it comes to the safeties. If Rylan Ort reaches his upside, I think he could be a star. I think he could be an all-conference guy. If that happens, it's a lot more even of a, a, a comparison. If Drew Polidor, who switched from corner to free safety, can also really elevate his play, it's a much more even comparison. But right now, the Grizz much more tried and true uh, at safety. At cornerback, this is the biggest question mark to me for both these teams. The Cats got to figure out a way to replace James Campbell and Tyrell Thomas, two corners that played a ton of football for him this last couple of years. The Grizz got to figure out a way to replace Justin Ford, who had double-digit interceptions over the last couple of years and is a bona fide NFL prospect. So is James Campbell for the Cats. So a couple of potential NFL guys need to be replaced on each side of the divide. I think the best returning corner in this rivalry comparison is Simeon Woodard. But I think that that's just slightly ahead of Corbin Walker. So I think you do have a good place to start for each of these teams. I think Woodard is really good. I think Walker is good and could be really good. And then I think that the rest is TBD. Trevin Gradney has been excellent on special teams. Can he really step up and be a true number one type corner? Can Dylan Simmons be a true number one type corner for the Grizz? Miles Jackson's in that same. Miles Jackson and Dylan Simmons are kind of the same to me. Miles Jackson was a highly recruited kid out of Portland who had a lot of hype coming in, and it just ha- hasn't been able to find a role yet. But he still has a lot of time to establish himself as a great player at Montana State. Same thing with Dylan Simmons, a guy who was getting recruited by Florida State and LSU coming out of high school, had some stuff fall through the cracks, ends up at Montana. Can he hit his ceiling? If either of those guys emerge, this makes this an even juicier comparison. But just because I think Simeon Simeon Woodard is slightly better than Corbin Walker, I'm giving the edge at corner to the Cats. Both these teams employ like a nickel slash rover. The Cats call it a nickel. The Grizz call it a rover. But those guys are going to be sort of in flux as well. So I did compare those two in in these defenses. I've given the Grizz a slight edge because I think Trajan Cotton is a more veteran player. Uh, Caden Dowler has been one of the breakout stars of Montana State Spring. I shouldn't say stars. Breakout players of Montana State Spring football. How does he perform at that nickel spot? Lavelle Price is a guy that's got experience there. But when the Cats were able to roll Ty Okada into that spot, it just gave them so much diversity defensively. Because Okada can guard the slot, he can tackle in the box, he hits like a linebacker, he runs like a safety, and he's got corner skills because he started his career as a corner at Montana State. So I think that's a huge loss. So I'm giving the edge at nickel to Montana. Specialists, Nico Ramos, 
was average at best last year, and I think he's got to be better this year. I think not just Ramos, the kick unit at Montana has got to be better this year. They had multiple kicks blocked. They uh, Their operation time was, was a little bit slow, but that's still more proven than what Montana State has coming back. Montana State's kicker, Blake Lesnar, who was lights out the last couple of years, he's at UCLA now. So a big rebuild in, in the special, for the specialists at MSU because Bryce Layton also decided to forego his final year of eligibility as a punter there at Montana State. So MSU is sort of swimming upstream. Casey Kotzman, who's a kid out of Butte, Montana, he kicked the field goals and punted on Saturday during the spring game. And he was okay. He averaged about 35 punt, uh, yards per punt and uh, actually didn't get a field goal try. I think Kotzman's okay. But I think that Montana State's going to go uh, transfer searching, and they already did that in terms of punting. Uh, they got a commitment from SMU transfer Brendan Hall, actually last night. Dude is 6'9". Never seen a 6'9 punter before. His Twitter picture, I'm looking at him I'm like, what? How tall is this guy? And then I start looking, I'm like, oh my gosh, this guy is 6'9". Crazy. So I do think that Brendan Hall will, will be the front runner to be the punter at Montana State and probably the kickoff specialist. And I, I expect them to bring in somebody to challenge Kotzman at kicker. So although I think Ramos is only okay at Montana, I think he's a lot more proven and a better commodity than what Montana State has. So I'm giving the edge at kicker to the Grizz. At punter, who knows what Brendan Hall's going to be, but he's an FBS drop down, and the Grizz don't have anybody. The Grizz had walk-on guys that didn't even have numbers on the spring game roster. Didn't even I shouldn't say that. They didn't have numbers on the website until the spring game roster came out. There was like five mystery men that were walk-ons during the Grizz spring game. One of them was the punter. That's not a permanent situation. They're going to absolutely hit the portal just like the Cats just did. But as of this exact day and age, I'm giving the edge at punter to the Cats. So where are we at? Breaking down the comparisons of position groups. I said quarterbacks, TBD. Running backs, edge to the Cats. Receivers, edge to the Grizz. Tight ends, a push. Offensive line, Cats. Defensive line, Cats. Linebackers, Grizz. Strong safeties, Grizz. Corners, Montana State. Nickel, Grizz. Kickers, Grizz. Punters, Cats. So we had one TBD, one push, Five for the Cats, five for the Grizz. You see how politically correct I am? We made sure that we gave it even flow on either side. Now, that's actually my honest opinion. I do think that, and I think that it goes back to the old Jeff Choate saying, right? You are and you get what you emphasize. Is it any surprise to you that, that Bobby Houck has a million great linebackers and safeties? It's not a surprise to me. Is it any surprise to you that the team that wants to run the ball 60 times a game has great offensive line? It's not really a surprise. It's not really a surprise they got five great running backs either, right? You are what you emphasize. I think the things that could really swing this, though, are, one, if the Grizz empower and truly accept that Sam Vidlak might be the key to unlock everything offensively, two, they get their great playmakers like Junior Bergen and Aaron Fonts and Cole Grossman the ball early and often. If those two things happen, it could completely transform the, uh, the identity and makeup of the Grizz. I also think if they could find somebody to replace the edge presence of Patrick O'Connell and fabricate a pass rush somehow, that could also be big for, for uh, Montana. For the Cats, if they, could get some, they need guys in the secondary to emerge, absolutely. They need to find some specialists. 
and they need at least a couple of their wide receiver transfers to hit. So in terms of the balancing act of these two programs right now here as we sit on April 25th, uh, a lot that is sort of secured and a lot that could or will be added and a lot remaining uh, that's mysterious and a lot to work on. So we'll keep talking spring football. Isn't that fun? Noah's Dow, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. NFL, bold predictions, NBA playoffs. Next, keep it right here. ESPN Radio. I am here with Catherine DeLands of the Advocates. If you've been listening to ESPN Radio, you're familiar and you know if you've been in an accident, the Advocates can surely help you. Yeah, I mean, the sooner you call us, the better. You know, we're available 24-7, consultations are free, and when you've been in that accident, insurance companies are going to be jumping all over you to talk. So give us a call first and get yourself an attorney. 406-640-4444 or online, montanaadvocates.com. Free consultations, the Montana Advocates reminding you that you deserve an advocate. ESPN Radio Missoula. There's this app on your phone called 18 Birdies. Great way to track your golf statistics. I use it, you know, tracking fairways and regulation, greens and regulation, how many putts you got, your overall score, tracks your handicap for you, all that sort of stuff. You can also add your friends on there, though. I will say, I love tracking my friends on there. And keeping them honest when they're plugging in their scores. But I also ha, get so jealous. Like right now, I just got an alert. Playing, and it tells you when, you're, when your buddies are playing around. I'm like, gosh dang it, why are you going to play golf right now? And I'm sitting here in the radio studio. But happy to be here. Nuana's now ESPN Radio. Thanks so much for hanging out with us here uh, on your Tuesday. Fun Tuesday. So let's keep it rolling. Uh, we're going to do this from time to time. I love having pieces of literature or uh, sports writing to stimulate conversation. So this last uh, week, or I guess Sports Illustrated only comes out once a month these days, which is much to my disappointment, but regardless, I'm happy it still exists and it still comes out. But there's a, a, a good exercise in the most recent Sports Illustrated. Bold NFL predictions for each of the 32 teams. It's just one sentence about every team. So I just decided we're going to just do this randomly. We're going to go through all of them. And uh, just, or not right now. We're going to go through all of them over the span of the next little while. And uh, this is just going to be an easy, a easy and fun segment called Smart or Dumb. Is that a smart or dumb bold statement? So, guys, we don't have to go in any order whatsoever. We don't have to go division by division. Whatever you want. You just, you just open the magazine. You, you do it. And then we'll discuss. Uh, yeah, here's one that does not seem super bold on the face of it, but the more I thought about it, the more this one just blew my mind as to why you would think this. Okay. The Bengals will be presently surprised by the Joe Burrow contract negotiations. This guy has a weird feeling that Joe Burrow will not top the quarterback market, that he'll take less so that the Bengals can build around him. Whoa. Okay, so first of all, I think that this is all comes down to timing, right? 
whoever is next, like the next guy is going to be the top paid guy each time that the next guy yeah. is up. And I'm not sure that Joe Burrow will be last here. I mean, maybe Justin Herbert signs after him and gets a little bit more money. Because Joe, Joe Burrow has been in the league for one year more than Justin Herbert. Is that correct? Justin Herbert, this will be his third season, I believe. And I think this is Joe Burrow's fourth season. Is that right? Man, that, well, fourth, fourth year for Joe Burrow. Hang on, I'll I'll check that. Because he they they he he had a, a good rookie year. Then he blew out his knee his second year. Then he came back from blowing out his knee and went to the Super Bowl. And then last year they lost to the Chiefs. So I think I think it's fourth year for Joe Burrow. I believe this is upcoming year will be the third year for Justin Herbert. So I think that that's part of it. We've also seen though, and Coach Marty Mornaway, who by the way. Back in the saddle, Coach Barty's coming on on Thursday, NFL Draft Talk. But Coach Barty pointed this out during the Monday afternoon quarterback, during the NFL season, that although Patrick Mahomes was uh, one of the first, I think actually the first $50 million men, first guy to make $50 million in a single season, he signed a very cap-friendly contract that's backloaded. We also saw that recently with this huge contract that Jalen Hurts got. Hurts is proclaimed as the richest man in the NFL, but he's only going to make six and a half, I mean only, quote unquote, six and a half million dollars this next year because the contract is backloaded. I think teams that want to win and capitalize on the window, excuse me, quarterbacks that want to win and capitalize on the window will do that. And so I do think there's a lot of nuance to this, but I do think that who's ever next is is going to be the guy that's that's uh, going to get paid the most. From our resident Bengals fan, Ross. Thanks, Ross, for the text. Uh, fourth year for both Burrow fourth and Fourth year Herbert. for both, yeah. yeah okay. Um, thank you, Ross, for uh, the feedback, as always. I know Ross loves when we, we talk about the Bengals. He's got to be one of the only guys in Montana that's a diehard Bengals fan. But that's been how it has been since we were young. So uh, you got to give him credit for sticking it out. Now he's got a good one there uh, in Cincinnati. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know. I, I, Burrow might be a little bit cat friendly. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. The the the, the lids off this thing. If Daniel Jones is making thirty million plus a year. Every guy's making thirty million. Yeah, plus I'm just a year. saying he's not going to take the Tom Brady contract so they can really right. load up around him. I mean Herbert might get more, but Burrow's going to get something that's really comparable to, to you know Hertz and and Herbert and the other guys who are up for it this year. For sure. Okay. Uh, what else? What else? What else is the next? Uh, stu- I, I, I'm going to deem that one uh, smart because it was worth thinking about. I don't necessarily think it's a dumb take. It, it made us actually have a, a conversation. It's not just an out- uproarious and outrageous. That's a, we're we're one and zero with the smarts. All right. Uh, by the way, Andrew Houghton just joining us. Jeff Safford also going to be joining us from Beyond the Glass. What else, what do we got, Safford? Well, we're going to shift to the AFC North okay. for this next one. Uh, kind of paying homage to my old roommate from up in Haver. He was uh, a huge Cleveland Browns fan. Okay. So we're going to bring the Brownies into this. And also, if you weren't aware, here in Missoula, Red's Bar is what's known as a Browns Backer Bar. Okay. It is an official Cleveland Browns bar. So there you there go. You here go. in Missoula, there, there is go. a Browns Backer Bar. A little right. fun fact. But uh, their claim here is the Browns will win this season 10 games. That's just the claim. 
And okay. their justification is Cleveland has dates with the Cardinals. We know how bad they are. The Broncos, let's ride. The Texans and the Colts. Okay. So there's saying that they have a soft schedule and yep. they think they're only going to win 10. Well, so I'm looking at the Browns roster and it put put the personal stuff, the off the field stuff about Deshaun Watson to the side. And you just look at this roster. Deshaun Watson, if he could return to the form he was in, which I thought was as a top five or six quarterback in the NFL before he got hurt and then before he got into all sorts of hot water, that that's a plus-plus for the Browns. It's a significant upgrade over Baker Mayfield. Nick Chubb, elite. Amari Cooper, outstanding year last year. I do think he still has some juice left in the tank. Elijah Moore, good receiver. David Njoku, okay, maybe he's got popcorn muscles, but he's still an okay tight end. The Browns are one of the top, I would say at the very least, 10 offensive lines in the in the uh, NFL and maybe even a top five offensive line in the NFL. Defensively, they got superstars like Miles Garrett and Denzel Ward. They're solid at linebacker. Like I always say when you're breaking down NFL defenses, I think you got to have an elite player up front and an elite player on the back end. And if you got an elite player in the middle as well, that helps you. On paper... I don't think it's outrageous to say the Cleveland Browns are going to win 10 games. That being said, I'm saying that's dumb because <laughs> it's the Browns, man. The yeah, Browns that's, have, that's what I'm thinking, too. The Browns have had... See, I think sometimes fans doing the whole woes me, we're cursed. I'm talking to you, Sean Rainey, with your, all your Chargers takes. But everybody that's, oh, woes me, we're cursed, we can't get over the top, blah, 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 blah. I sometimes think that's overblown, but I do think like an unbelievably systematic culture of nothing but losing. How many times have the Browns made the playoffs since they moved back to Cleveland? Ever? Have they ever made the playoffs since they first jerked the team out of Cleveland? They, they were in the 2020 playoffs. Oh, and that's right. I remember this. I, I, I was living with my yeah, right, roommate right. I mentioned at the time. Right. They beat the Steelers, yep. and he was in tears when they won a playoff game against the Steelers in <laughs> the wild card round. It was like one game. You know, it's right, like, totally. so to me as a Green Bay Packer guy, it's like, Okay, playoff win, not sure. tears, but for him it was such a monumental moment. I uh, I'm, I'm looking here. Okay, so the Browns, uh, I remember this. They made the playoffs in 2002 with with the mighty Derek Anderson, Braylon Edwards combination. And I was going to say Tim Couch, but he must have been gone. <laughs> yeah, they had finally gotten rid of Tim Couch at that point. They had four failed seasons with Couch. Then they went with the Oregon State kid, uh, and then in 2020, so two playoff appearances since the Browns jerked. Since, since the original Browns left for Baltimore, and uh, so they've, they've been just sort of cursed. Um, yeah, I, the Browns got to do it, man. They, they absolutely have to f- prove to me they can do it. So I'm saying the Browns winning 10 games is dumb only because of who they are, the Cleveland Browns. Nuanas now, ESPN Radio. All right, let's do one more of these, and then we'll get out and we'll talk some NBA playoffs. Okay, here's one I like, Coulter, and I okay. like these styles of predictions. I mean, you, when you're doing these bold predictions, you can say anything just to get a take. That's right. But the the ones that I like are the ones that are not likely, but they're realistic because they say something that, you know, you think this player is going to get better, you think this team is going to get better. I like the ones about, you know, you're making a bold prediction, but really what you're saying is this young player is going to take a step forward. Okay. Jets wide out. Garrett Wilson will win Offensive Player of the Year. (laughs) 
Wow. Um, I'm going to actually say that that's smart only because... I agree. If it becomes true, then you are the smartest man in the room. And I don't think it's actually that dumb to say this is in the cards. Now, proclaiming a receiver is going to be the offensive player of the year is tough because this is a quarterback league and it's a quarterback award. But Garrett Wilson was outstanding last year in his rookie season out of Ohio State. He had 1,103 yards receiving, 83 catches. He only caught four touchdowns. But that's because he was catching passes from Zach Wilson and Mike White and Joe Flacco. And, I mean, the the Jets were as big of a quarterback train wreck as there was in the NFL. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is the old MVP Aaron Rodgers. He's a hell of a lot better than the guys that the Jets have had the last couple years, though. So those two things combined... You know, it's it's not the it's not a dumb statement only because it could happen. It's not outside the realm of possibility. Right, and you know they made the prediction before, of course, the Aaron Rodgers trade. But you knew that the Jets were going to get somebody in there who wasn't Zach Wilson. Right, and because we're talking offensive player of the year here, and not MVP. I mean, Justin Jefferson won it last year. Cooper Cup won it the year before. Derrick Henry won it the year before that. Then Michael Thomas. Okay, it, yeah. it is. So there's been some receivers. It's yeah. it's been the award recently for. The skill position guy who should be in the MVP conversation, but it's not because he's not a quarterback, but the most productive, you know, wide receiver quarterback or wide receiver running back type guy in the league. So, you know, possible, huge, bold prediction. But I think when you're saying, oh, Garrett Wilson's going to take a step forward this year, I think that's super realistic. You also have to remember this part, too. The NFL is so funny because guys that are great coordinators then sometimes get head coaching jobs and fall flat on their face. And then people, the public, didn't know who they were as offensive or defensive coordinators. They become head coaches, become visible. And then the, the general perception of them is that they're awful coaches, that they just suck at coaching. Some guys just can't be head coaches. Like, there's actually a variety of guys that aren't good coach. Like, Steve Spagnola was not a good head coach. He's a great DC. North Turner's not a good head coach. He's a great offensive coordinator. I mean, on down the line, Leslie Frazier was a good D.C., not a good head coach. Nathaniel Hackett was one of the worst head coaches I've ever seen in the NFL, and that's why he got fired faster than anybody. He's a great coordinator, though. And what does his offense do? It isolates the best receiver often and gets them touches. Like, Devontae Adams is a talented guy, but Devontae Adams put up, like, all pro numbers because Nathaniel Hackett and Aaron Rodgers knew how to get him the ball. Now Nathaniel Hackett and Aaron Rodgers are back together. Can Garrett Wilson become the next Devontae Adams? We'll see. Yeah, love that point. Let's get to some NBA talk. You want doubt? ESPN Radio. Jimmy Butler is ruining my bankroll. Not really, actually. And, and even though I bet against him last night, I absolutely love it. Jimmy Butler is my type of dog. We'll talk zombie heat. Three closeout games tonight and whatever else we can get to. Keep it right here. Nuwana is now ESPN Radio. Coulter Nuwana is coming to you through the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company on behalf of both ESPN Missoula and Skyline Sports. Here with some of our friends from Blackfoot Communications, one of our great business partners at both entities. They've done so much for us in helping us develop so many different things at Skyline Sports. Also help bring you our ESPN Radio podcast network as well. 
We're here with Hannah Christ from Blackfoot Communications. She is a business development representative. Tell people just about your history at Blackfoot. How long have you been at Blackfoot? Yeah, I've been at Blackfoot three years now. When it comes to just uh, your actual job title, what is it that you do? I mean, what is your primary things that uh, go on in your day-to-day at Blackfoot? Yeah, so I target and work with small businesses um, and just helping them get connected to internet and phone services, just smaller grade equipment and services that they might need and not all of the bigger enterprise. What's your favorite part about your job at Blackfoot? I like connecting with people and meeting new people and going out and just having those conversations and getting to know them in the community. And how about just the organization in general? I mean, it it seems like such a great company to work for. Yeah, absolutely. It's very community-based, very family-oriented inside as well, and it's definitely very enjoyable. If you want to find out more about Blackfoot Communications in general, visit goblackfoot.com. Great website, very easy to navigate. They can help you with all sorts of things from small business development to any sort of fiber, internet, communications, anything like that. Small business networking, all of it. Visit goblackfoot.com. Punk Rock cover songs. Bet you you didn't think that was coming today. Welcome back. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. SWX Montana Television and the ESPN MT app. Thanks for hanging out with us here on your Tuesday. Missed anything in the show? You already know. Nuanas Now podcast. We discussed comparing and contrasting position groups for the Cats and the Grizz after the close of spring football last weekend. We did that at both hour number one and hour number two. Also had a great interview with Jaden Green, University of Montana hurdler. I had our Treasure State Stars for the week. Talked some NFL and had a grand old time. Rate, review, subscribe, all your podcast hosting platforms. Thanks to Blackfoot Communications, goblackfoot.com, the M Store, where they're all grizz all the time, and the Montana State Bookstore, your best place to get blue and gold on game day or any other day for being the proud sponsors of the Nuanas Now podcast. Only about four minutes left, but a couple things about the NBA. First of all, I'm talking to myself here. Gotta stop betting against Jimmy Butler. I got a lot of futures bets on the Bucks to win the championship. I got to just let those rest. I bet the Heat last night, not good. And I should know better. Jimmy Butler is just the, he is the dog. If, I'm not even going to go through all the list of guys that if they had what Jimmy Butler had in his chest, in his heart, what they could do, but there's a whole bunch of them. There's a whole bunch of dudes that if they had the internal fortitude of Jimmy Butler, they could be all-time greats. Butler is his pure competitiveness and his ability to take it to the next level is just so unbelievable to watch. And I'm just I'm going to stop betting against him because I just love watching him play. My my uh, bankroll says the Bucks. I proclaimed on the show I thought the Bucks were the overwhelming favorites. I like being right more than anything else in the world, and uh, I'm just going to enjoy that series for the rest of it because the Zombie Heat are real. <laughs> they are back from the dead, and uh, I'm not betting against them anymore. They got the uh, number one seed in the East, the Bucks, on the ropes, down 3-1. to one. Last night, it took overtime for the Lakers to do it, and Anthony Davis was pouting and limping and something or other. I don't know what the heck's wrong with him now. And LeBron James, there's times in games where he actually looks tired for the first time ever, and, you know, he's only played about 100,000 minutes, and in his 20th season in the NBA. But still, here we are, and the Lake shows up 3-1. to one. I told you so. I told you the Lakers were coming. 
When they were in 10th place, I said, you watch. They're going to fight their way to the play-in game, and they're going to figure out a way to win a couple playoff series. And here they are, one win away from knocking out the second seed of Grizzlies. Tonight, a fun slate, only because we might dispatch of the teams that I'm tired of watching. I think the three teams in the playoffs that I'm tired of watching that I want to just be gone are in order. The T-Wolves, who are down 3-1 to the Nuggets tonight, and the game game fives in Denver. The, the Hawks, down 3-1 to the Celtics, and the Clippers. And the, the Hawks and the Clippers are both in this state of purgatory. The Clippers traded their entire future, a million picks and a bag of chips for Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. And now Kawhi Leonard's out tonight, so that I don't think there's any way you can talk me into the Clippers extending that series against the Suns. The Suns are going to be out for blood, and I think they're just going to they're going to cut it. They're going to get rid of the Clippers. But now here we are with at least one of those two guys going into contract year. It has to be one of the most catastrophic trades in NBA history when you think, okay, you got Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, and what did you get out of it? You got Kawhi Leonard sitting out for a whole year. He had these guys for two and a half seasons together. And you got one playoff series win out of it? That's it? And you got no future. You got no draft picks. You're not going to be able to re-sign these guys because they're both old. It's a bad trade. The Timberwolves have good individual talent, but I cannot watch Rudy Gobert cry anymore. I can't watch Carl Anthony Towns grimace and pout like he does. I mean, get him out of here, man. Anthony Edwards deserves better than that. They need to... Tear it down and rebuild around him, or they need to figure out a, a way to move on. They should be so much better than they are, and they're just not fun to watch. I was also totally wrong about the Nuggets, and that's the wrong, the last point I'll make. The Nuggets are really, really good, and the Nuggets are absolutely a contender to at least make the conference finals, if not win the Western Conference. We'll have full results and analysis of all of that tomorrow. Plus, J.J. Dolan, Missoula Sentinel, on his way to Montana State. NFL Draft, ESPN Roundtable, and... The reignition of a fun segment, breaking down the Stanley Cup playoffs. All that and more tomorrow on Nuanas Now. We'll see you then, 4 p.m., ESPN Radio. What's up, everybody? It's Coulter Nuanas From your favorite daily sports talk show, Nuanas Now, which airs live each weekday between 4 and 6 p.m. on 102.9 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide television, SWX Montana TV, and worldwide on the ESPN MT app. And of course, as you're listening right now, you can always find Nuanas Now archived as well on the Nuanas Now podcast. One of the biggest events on campus every single year at Montana State is the MSU Spring Rodeo. Get rodeo ready with the MSU Bookstore all month long. MSU Rodeo tees and equine accessories will be available starting on April 10th. All month long, you can get three t-shirts for $25, two crewnecks for $50, or two hoodies for $55. Go check out all the great rodeo gear at the Montana State Bookstore on the MSU campus. The Montana State Bookstore also does a great job of giving back some of their proceeds to help reduce textbook costs for students across the MSU community. And of course, it's your go-to place to get your blue and gold on game day or any other day. Montana State's rodeo team, as prestigious and nationally powerful as they come. So if you're planning on heading to the spring rodeo, swing by the MSU bookstore first. When you're in need of some Bobcat gear, Go check out the Montana State Bookstore located in the Strand Union Building on the Montana State campus in Bozeman, Montana.